Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. When it comes to picking the perfect treats for your dog, Stuart makes the choice easy by keeping it real. Real ingredients, real nutrients, real benefits. Stuart dog treats are free from additives, corn, soy, wheat, and grains. Plus, they're freeze-dried to lock in all the great nutrition and natural flavor your furry friend deserves. Stewart freeze-dried dog treats. Big, tail-wagging nutritional benefits. Available on Amazon.com today. Tonight, the first COVID vaccine is ready for rollout, awaiting the green light from the FDA as the U.S. experiences the worst week of the pandemic. The logistical puzzle tonight, getting the Pfizer vaccine from deep freezers in Michigan into the arms of Americans across the country. Why it'll require precision. The storage box can only be opened twice a day as hospitals around the country practice and prepare for approval. Presidential pressure. Did the White House tell the FDA commissioner to approve the Pfizer vaccine today or find a new job? COVID's growing toll. More Americans have died from the virus than died during World War II. Mississippi is out of ICU beds as hospitals are at the breaking point. It's really hard right now to feel helpless. Plus, New York City bans indoor dining. Breaking news. A car drives through a protest in New York City. What we're learning tonight about the injuries. Historic decision. The Electoral College meets on Monday, signifying the official end of the election. As we learn, electors from Michigan will be offered police escorts to the state house. The Biden cabinet is introduced. Instead of a team of rivals, he has a team of repeats. And CBS's Steve Hartman is on the road with a top secret mission. Hi, this is a Secret Santa. Delivering holiday cheer for essential workers. Kimberly, that's a thousand Secret Santa dollars for you. Oh my God! This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin with breaking news because the FDA could authorize emergency use of Pfizer's coronavirus vaccine at any moment after the White House pressured the agency to speed up the process. CBS News has learned President Trump's chief of staff told the head of the FDA, Stephen Hahn, to sign off on the vaccine now or hand in his resignation. That last minute political pressure comes at the same time Pfizer and the federal government are poised to begin shipping nearly three million freezing cold 
vials of the vaccine to more than 600 sites across the country. Well, tonight, hospitals are awaiting those shipments of vaccines. At the same time, they're overflowing with more new patients infected by COVID-19. And as we come on the air, there is more evidence that we are now at the worst moment of this crisis. In the past week, more people have been infected in the U.S. than at any other time during the pandemic. Deaths keep skyrocketing, too. Nearly 16,000 Americans have died this week alone. And with it likely to take months to get enough Americans vaccinated to stop the virus from spreading, tonight cities and states are imposing drastic new restrictions. That includes New York City, once home to some 23,000 restaurants. Starting Monday, all indoor dining will be banned. We have a lot of new reporting for you and your family tonight with our team covering it all. CBS's Manuel Borges is going to lead off our coverage from Kalamazoo, Michigan, where workers are standing by to start shipping out those vaccines. Good evening, Manny. Good evening, Nora. Tonight, the head of the FDA is denying that he was told to either sign off on the vaccine right now or resign. But sources tell CBS News the threat was clear. The president wants the vaccine approved immediately, putting political pressure on a public health process. In the meantime, at this Pfizer facility in western Michigan, they're just waiting for that final approval to begin to roll out the first shipments of millions of doses of the vac- vaccine. Tonight, the vials are filled and waiting in more than 300 sub-zero freezers for the green light from the FDA signaling Pfizer can ship them. Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar. They'll use FedEx and UPS. They drop ship through a very tightly controlled system to the 636 sites our governors have designated for this initial tranche. It's a massive logistical operation. UPS says the process has already begun, shipping vaccine kits with supplies like syringes. The next step will be transporting the vaccine itself and then sending dry ice to sites that don't have the ability to store the vials at the required extreme cold temperature. Adding to the delicate process, hospitals only open the shipments twice a day and confirm the dose count for three minutes before storing them frontline medical workers will get them first as early as Monday. Well, this is our ticket out of this pandemic. Dr. Nick Gilpin is the chief medical officer at Beaumont Hospital Gross Point outside Detroit, part of a hospital system that currently has nearly 600 COVID patients. Beaumont Health's first batch is expected to cover about 1,000 employees. I believe that um, By taking the vaccine myself, which I intend to do, I hope that I can spread that message to our providers and get people to understand that it really is the right thing to do. But not the only thing, he says. Until a vaccine is widely available this spring, mask wearing and physical distancing remain the general public's best shot. Manuel Bohorquez, CBS News, Kalamazoo, Michigan. I'm Meg Oliver at University Hospital in Newark, New Jersey. Hi, may I have your name? Where they're practicing how to distribute the vaccine once the shipments from Pfizer arrive. Have you ever had to practice something like this before? No, we've never had to really do something like this. This is a setup for vaccination that I've never seen or had to do. Under Operation Warp Speed, University Hospital is one of about 250 sites across the country testing logistics and distribution with setups like this. We're testing the actual assembly line 
process for people to get registered quickly, vaccinated quickly, observed over at least 15 minutes to make sure there are no adverse events or allergic reactions, and then given that appointment card to come back for their second injection. At this site, once they start, possibly as early as next week, they will have the ability to vaccinate more than 3,000 people per week. New Jersey's goal is to vaccinate 4.7 million within six months. Jonathan Green runs their emergency room. He will be one of the first frontline workers to receive a vaccine. Last spring, they lost 10 dear colleagues to COVID. I think about it every day. I was just looking at uh, some photographs of one of our directors of nursing who, who passed away. And it's, you never think that you're going to come to work and get sick and die. And that shouldn't happen for anybody. So we're, we're excited that the vaccine is here. I wish it was sooner. In the coming weeks, there will also be mega sites in New Jersey using an expanded version of the model from University Hospital. They will include colleges and vacant department stores with the capability of vaccinating up to tens of thousands of people per week. Nora? So many details involved. Meg Oliver, thank you. Tonight, we're hearing from healthcare workers and families with a warning. While we wait for the vaccine to be administered, this is not the time to let your guard down. CBS's Janet Shamlian has more. An unthinkable record. Coronavirus deaths topping 3,000 for a second consecutive day. <coughs> Tonight, California reporting the highest number of new cases ever. Mississippi is completely out of ICU beds. Fort Worth, Texas is doubling capacity at the morgue. And in New York City, indoor dining shut down starting Monday. The rate of transmission and the density and the crowding, that is a bad situation. The horrifying death toll includes names like Stephanie Smith, 29 years old, about to be married. She should have been on her honeymoon the day she died. As physicians, we've been trained to help people. And it's really hard right now to feel helpless. Dr. Shirley Z says if only the doubters and non-maskers could spend one day like she does. Take a walk in my shoes and you get on that phone and you call the son to tell him that his father, who had grown up alone and an orphan, died the same way because I couldn't get into the room soon enough to hold his hand while he passed away. I'm not somebody's family. I can't ever become their family. I can't talk to a patient without a mask on. I can't touch them without gloves on. And I, I you know, they, they die and they never see our faces. Dr. Z says hospitals can find more beds, but they are out of healthcare workers. We can't call on anyone to help us if we run out of staff to take patients. If we stop masking or if we stop distancing. Just, we're going to lose so many more people before we get to the end. What a toll this has taken on healthcare workers. And there's a sobering statistic tonight. If 3,000 people continue to die each day, two weeks from today, Christmas Day, that's 42,000 lives. That number would fill Houston's Major League Baseball Stadium. Nora. Staggering. Janet Shamlin, thank you. We are following breaking news tonight in New York City. Cell phone video shows a car striking a crowd of dozens of protesters in Manhattan. At least six, six people were hurt. One has serious injuries. Police are telling us it was an accident, but the investigation is ongoing. At least one protester was arrested for obstructing law enforcement. 
There's also breaking news tonight from the Supreme Court. In a 7-2 ruling, the justices struck down a lawsuit filed by the Texas attorney general trying to overturn election results in four states, all but ending the president's attempt to reverse his loss in the election. CBS's Ben Tracy joins us now from the White House. Good evening, Ben. Nora, good evening. So this rejection from the Supreme Court just came out, and in it, the court says Texas has not demonstrated a judicially cognizable interest in the manner in which another state conducts its elections. It goes on to say that all other pending mo- all other pending motions are dismissed as moot. Now, this comes as the White House continues to put more pressure on the FDA to approve a coronavirus vaccine. As White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows pressures FDA Commissioner Dr. Stephen Hahn to approve the Pfizer vaccine or consider resigning, President Trump weighed in on Twitter, ordering Hahn to get the damn vaccines out now and calling the FDA a big old slow turtle. In a statement, Hahn admitted he was encouraged to continue working expeditiously. FDA authorization of the Pfizer vaccine could come as soon as tonight. But we also have a solemn obligation to the American people to get this right and determine the safety and efficacy. President Trump is fixated on a vaccine, making sure he, not President-elect Joe Biden, gets credit. Don't let him take credit for the vaccines, because the vaccines were me, and I pushed people harder than they've ever been pushed before. Today, for the first time, the president acknowledged the Biden administration in a tweet, even as he continues to call on the Supreme Court to overturn the election. The lawsuit filed by Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton asked the court to invalidate the votes from four key battleground states. But federal judges across the country have repeatedly tossed out those claims due to a lack of evidence. The Trump campaign lost yet another lawsuit in Wisconsin today. On Monday, the Electoral College meets to formally vote Joe Biden the winner, all but ending the president's legal claims. Even so, tensions are high, and Michigan's 16 electors will be offered police escorts, including Bobby Walton. I wasn't looking forward to the walk from the garage to the building, but I would have done it. And um, and I would have kept my head down and just kept walking forward. But this way, I don't have to uh, do it all alone. Now, with this rejection by the Supreme Court tonight, the president's legal challenges are all but over. But congressional Republicans can still challenge the outcome of the Electoral College vote when Congress meets on January 6th. But the Constitution requires that both chambers of Congress agree to any objections. And considering Democrats control the House of Representatives, any effort by the Republicans to change the election outcome are doomed to fail. Nora. Ben Tracy, thank you. Tonight, President-elect Biden is turning to a trio of Obama-era veterans for top posts in his administration. But even as he introduced more of his cabinet picks, the president-elect faced more questions about his son Hunter and the investigation into his tax returns. CBS's Ed O'Keefe reports tonight from Wilmington, Delaware. These are all friends. I'm not used to them standing for me. President-elect Joe Biden's cabinet has some fresh faces, but unlike the so-called team of rivals assembled by his former boss, President Obama, many of the new president's top choices make up a team of repeats. They bring deep experience and bold new thinking. Above all, they know how government should and can work for all Americans. If Mr. Biden's 14 cabinet picks thus far are confirmed, they'd represent the most diverse collection of men and women to ever advise a president. Today, he added Susan Rice to serve as domestic policy chief. She was Mr. Obama's national security advisor and once had a West Wing office next door to Mr. Biden. In the 21st century, our foreign, economic, and domestic imperatives are deeply intertwined. 
Down the hall sat White House Chief of Staff Dennis McDonough, chosen today to run the Department of Veterans Affairs. He'll be just the second non-veteran to lead the VA, which includes one of the largest health care systems in the world. And then there's Tom Vilsack, who spent eight years as the Obama Agriculture Secretary and has been asked to come back. It's been two days since Mr. Biden's son, Hunter, said he's under FBI investigation for tax fraud. Today, the president-elect was asked whether his son committed a crime. But Mr. Biden ignored a question about when he learned that his son was under investigation, and he wouldn't answer when he might be vaccinated against COVID-19. Nora? Ed O'Keefe, thank you very much. Tonight, a shocking new study shows the devastating effect of just one COVID super spreader event. Remember back in February, the drug company Biogen hosted a two-day conference in Boston. About 100 people became sick at the time. Well, now the journal Science reports more than 300,000 COVID cases worldwide can be traced to that very conference. That includes 50,000 right here in the U.S. Tonight, three snow leopards at the Louisville Zoo are being treated for COVID. Two males and a female leopard tested positive and are said to have mild symptoms, including wheezing and coughing. Wildlife experts say the big cats were likely infected by an asymptomatic zoo worker. All right, seven basic trainees are launching into history as the first enlisted members of the U.S. Space Force. The group will track trained to track satellites and assist rocket launches. The Space Force turns one year old later this month and plans for more than 300 trainees by fall of next year. The next frontier. CBS's Steve Hartman renews a holiday tradition here by teaming up with Secret Santa. This year, Santa has really upped his game. Here's tonight's On the Road. For a brief moment, I felt bad for Kimberly Davis. Not because she has to clean a COVID ward. She loves her job at Houston Methodist. I felt bad for Kimberly because I lied to Kimberly. They told you I was doing a story about essential workers, right? Correct. Uh, We're not doing a story about essential workers. Truth be told, I had to lie to everyone I spoke to for this story. And when they discovered my real intent... I'm sorry, I'm at at a loss. Um, Most were speechless. Oh, wow. Lips a quiver, many in tears. My partner in this joyful deception was an anonymous wealthy businessman known to me only as Secret Santa. In a normal year, Secret Santa personally hands out hundreds of $100 bills to random strangers. But this year, the novel coronavirus called for a novel sleigh ride. So he mailed packages to carefully selected essential workers across the nation. And inside that is a sealed envelope that says, do not open until instructed to do so by Steve Hartman at CBS. His targets included Ashton Dooley, a sanitation worker from Sarasota, Florida, whose brand new bride has cancer. She let me shave her head that first time. That's when I knew I wanted to marry her. Elgin Thrower, a security guard from Kansas City with a special needs son, and a dream to be a police officer. In law enforcement, I can make a difference. And Danielle Dipp, a waitress from Pittsburgh, who's way behind on rent. It has been a pretty bad year, but somehow, somewhere, something's going to work out. On that note, I'd like to introduce somebody to you. Okay. Hi, this is Secret Santa. Danielle's bad year was about to get a whole lot better. Open up that sealed envelope. Okay. Everyone's bad year was about to get a whole lot better. 
Oh my gosh, there's money in there, you guys. In the coming weeks, Secret Santa will give away about $100,000 total to total strangers. Oh my God. And that's to help make your Christmas just a little bit better. Oh my God, I can't believe this. But of course, the money isn't the real gift here. Thank you. You know, kindness, when freely given, with no expectation in return is in fact unconditional love. And that's really what we're giving them. And what does it feel like to receive such a gift? Um, well, sometimes being speechless. I'm sorry. Says it all. Are you okay? Steve Hartman, CBS News. I'm sorry. On the road. That might be the best one ever. Sunday on Face the Nation, Margaret Brennan's guests include Health Secretary Alex Azar. And next week on the CBS Evening News, we'll be there as Americans receive the first COVID vaccine. And if you can't watch us live, set your DVR so you can watch us later. That is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. We'll see you Monday. Have a good weekend. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert, and I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.